0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code The Athletic, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard The Athletic's Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets. Now here are your hosts, Tim McMaster and Connor Hughes. Listen safely. Can't wait.
0: The Jets are 0-11. It's 11 a.m., and Adam Gase still is the head coach. Tim McMaster here along with Connor Hughes, our Jets beat writer at The Athletic, and our producer, Marissa Morris, as well. Please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast if you haven't already. Give us a five-star rating on Apple as well. That really helps us out. A lot to get to. Obviously, we're going to talk about Gase and, and the latest stuff there. We'll talk about a defense that had some moments on Sunday, um, but mainly we're going to talk about another bad performance by the Jets as a team and Sam Darnold as a quarterback. Connor, first up, though, how was Thanksgiving.
1: Well, I was fine. <laughs> that, that one was, was good. Uh, yeah. The
0: last seven days.
1: Yeah, it was fine. The deep fried turkey paid off. You know, it's actually funny. Like my mom's a tremendous cook. Like just like uh, I always say, my mom and Brie are two, are two great cooks. And, and for the first year, though, she screwed up the turkey. Like no one ever trusts me to do the deep fried turkey. Last year was like the first year I tried to do it. Then obviously I did it this year. No one ever trusts me to do it. So my mom Shocker. roasts a turkey.
0: <laughs> As a backup? My,
1: yeah. My mom roasts a turkey, and the, as the backup turkey, and then I deep fry the turkey. So, like, if I screw up, at least we still have something to eat on Thanksgiving. That's We're going amazing. out for like Chinese food or sushi or like you know trying to make a stop to TGI Fridays. So, we uh, the for the first time, like my sister's boyfriend is I, I'm cutting the uh, or carving the the deep fried turkey, which turned out bomb, and uh, my sister's boyfriend is cutting the roasted turkey that my mom cooked. And like three slices in, I kind of hear him like cutting it, kind of, and then going a little slower and a little slower. And then he kind of turns to my sister, and goes, "He's like, I don't think it's cooked." <laughs> the whole thing was like, like pink inside. Like it was, it was the weirdest. Like my mom has made turkeys my entire life; she's never had an issue before. She was like crying, laughing. She's like, "I have no idea what happened." She goes, "I have no idea how the turkeys turkeys not cooked." So pretty much, the only turkey we had were like the butt ends of the one that she cooked that were smaller. And then the one that I made, the deep fried one, but it was good. I mean, next year we're going to get, uh, I told her like, my mom's got like that little butterball baby deep fryer. Like the one that like opens up like an, like a, like it opens up like this and you put it in there and then you shut the lid. It's not like the real, you know, s- s- tube thing. So uh, I-, I told her like next year we're doing the real thing. We'll get the propane tank. We'll get the real one and we'll actually deep fry a whole bird. So you can really fit in like that butterball thing is like a turkey breast. So that's getting kind of, I think I've advanced. You know, I've mastered the butterball. Now I need my, my tube where I can try to set the house on fire.
0: <laughs> all right. So all is well
1: there. Well, good talking food. about the house yeah. on fire, that's a good transition.
0: All right. Let's get on with this team and Sam Darnold because we've played along with the excuse game throughout this season. You know, he's, he's banged up. The shoulder's not right. He doesn't have his receivers. Everything was fine. The weather was even fine on Sunday. Sam Darnold's out there, healthy, full allotment of receivers. For one drive it looked good. 3 for 4, 59 yards. They go down the field, they kick a field goal. Okay, here we go. The Jets have the lead. But then it all fell apart, Connor, and it was bad. And the excuses are over. Sam Darnold as a Jet is a bad quarterback.
1: Look, I'm honestly like I'm over it. Um I I I I've I've drank the Kool-Aid. I've listened. I, I was willing to give the Jets the benefit of the doubt. You know, I was willing to say that it's time to wake up if you're Connor because I just there's my alarm. I was willing to, like, give this team the benefit of the doubt. I was willing to say, like, you're right, you know, that there's reasons to explain some of Sam Darnold's blunders when he's playing top-tier talent and he's throwing to Josh Malone, Braxton Barrios, and Jeff Smith. You know, I'm willing to – to write it off as as a, as a guy who just needs some help when he's trotting out there and, and Chris Herndon's in his funk. Ryan Griffin's still not totally back and he's dropping back and looking for Trevon Wesco over the middle. There is something to needing to surround your quarterback with talent and needing to get your guys there. And, and that can mask issues and hide deficiencies and all that stuff. This Sunday, the excuses were gone. This Sunday... There were no more variables. This Sunday, Sam lined up under center, and he had Denzel Mims out left. He had Brashad Perryman out right. He had Jamison Crowder in the slot. He had almost his whole offensive line there, but you had the pieces that you really needed when you talk about Becton and McGovern, and you kind of could make things worth it left and right guard. And, and honestly, Connor McDermott did all right on the right side. I mean, that offensive line yesterday, they did enough to protect Sam Darnold. That wasn't an issue. He even had Chris Herndon with his hand in the dirt and all of his newfound confidence after finally catching a pass and managing to get in the end zone a week ago. All of this was in Sam's favor. All of this was an offense that actually managed to look competent the last two weeks with Joe Flacco under center raid through five touchdowns. The Jets lost by three points and five points. They were, everything was going the Jets way. Sam Darnold took that field. He walked out on Sunday and he looked exactly the same with his weapons as he did when he didn't have any of them. The completion percentage under 62%, again, the passing yards, under 200 yards, again. Touchdown list for the fourth consecutive start, again. Boneheaded turnovers into double coverage decisions that should be extinct from his game two years ago. Forget about him being in year three, making his 33 start, back again. There's no excusing Sam Darnold anymore. There's no more, oh, just wait for this, just wait for that. The guy is a bad quarterback right now. Can he change? Can he get better? Can he evolve? Can some coach maybe get something better out of him? Sure. Look what happened to Ryan Tannehill. Look what's happened to other quarterbacks. Kerry Collins was another one. He was considered a bust, got to the Giants. And he ended up making something into, you know, making nothing into something. But right now, we are not at a point anymore like we thought we were four months ago where we were like, you know what? If the Jets somehow managed to finish this season 1-15, and 2-14, and, and they have the number one pick, you got to draft Trevor Lawrence. But if you're picking number two, if you're picking number three... You're still keeping Sam Darnold. You trade that pick for a bounty. No, that is not where we are at right now. This is no longer Trevor Lawrence or bust. This isn't Trevor Lawrence or ride Sam Darnold. This isn't Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields or ride Sam Darnold. This is the Jets need a quarterback. They need a quarterback because they do not have one. Because when I watch Sam Darnold play football, I don't understand anything that is happening. Adam Gase ain't helping him. And we'll get into that in a bit. Adam Gase is not making Anything better at all? No way, shape, or form is Adam Gase helping the situation. It's just getting worse, and this play calling, non play calling stuff is absolutely mind bogglingly dumb. And I don't get it, and I'm never going to get it, and I can't wait to rant for another five minutes about that. But when you just dissect five minutes, yeah, yeah, when <laughs> you calling <just>, yourself short, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. But when you just <laughs> dissect Sam Darnold, what I see is a guy who is not getting better, a guy who is getting worse a guy whose uh, mechanics are failing him, a guy whose decision-making is failing him, a guy who makes two or three throws a game that leaves you just scratching your head saying, what the hell is he thinking? That first interception he threw tim he's rolling out to the right side of the sideline. He had Mims open the middle over the middle for whatever reason, didn't throw it. Rolling out to the right, clearly nothing there, still in field goal range with plays to live. And instead of just tossing the ball out of bounds and trying to get the Jets some points and living to fight another day, he throws it across his body to Jamison Crowder with a corner on him and a safety coming back down, and he's picked off. What is he thinking? The second interception, staring down his receiver, seeing Howard is all over his receiver and throwing it anyway, and not even throwing a ball his receiver might be able to make a grab, throwing it telegraphed right to, to Howard's gut. Like, this is it. It's done. It's done. It's not working. And you can't tell me, oh, he needs more weapons. Oh, he needs better coaching. Oh, he needs this. Oh, he needs that. Joe Flacco, the last two weeks, looked like a competent quarterback running a competent offense where he's hitting Brashad Perryman deep down the field. He's hitting Denzel Mims for 50-50 balls. He's getting Chris Herndon going. He's staying upright behind the offensive line. Sam Darnold was supposed to pick up where Joe Flacco left off. He was supposed to pick up and and move forward and finally got the weapons. You're going to see with the Sam Darnold that everyone believed was a franchise quarterback. Yada, yada. No, this was the worst offensive showing that the Jets have had since the last time they played the Dolphins. And don't give me this thing about the Dolphins have a good defense. They've got a good secondary. Yada, yada, yada. They look like garbage last week. They look like garbage last week. There is no reason the Jets should have had three points. There's no reason Sam Darnold in a league where Tyreek Hill had 203 receiving yards in a quarter that your starting quarterback should be under 200 passing yards. The Jets scored as many points as the Broncos this Sunday with Sam Darnold under center. And the Broncos started a practice squad receiver, a practice squad receiver. And they scored three points. The Jets had Sam Darnold in all of his goddamn weapons and they scored three points. It just can't happen anymore. It can't. Like it's, he's not it. He's not the answer. I was wrong. I'll be the first one to say I was wrong about Sam Darnold. I thought the Jets had a franchise quarterback. I thought the Jets had the guy to replace Joe Namath. I'm getting text messages from Bree asking why I'm screaming. That's where the Jets have driven me right now. Like, that's where the Jets have driven me. But I thought the Jets had their guy. I thought it finally happened. I thought that this was it. I did. I thought they had the guy. I'm sorry, Jet fans. My bad. I was wrong. Sam is not the answer. My bad. I was wrong.
0: But maybe he could have been. You never know. You know what I mean? Don't don't take all the blame. Connor, share some blame for the rest of the organization and and everything that's going on. But I mean, more to your point, too, you talk about these receivers who actually did make some pretty great plays for Sam, which is makes his numbers even worse. Right. Because he was so bad and he got a great catch from Perryman along the way. Um, He got a couple of nice catches from Mims. One thing that stood out to me, Herndon. 44 snaps, zero targets. They didn't even look well, he for Herndon after him. one week. And that could be on Herndon, right? I no, mean, he's been a disaster. Herndon. No, but, this is the bullshit okay. that,
1: we keep si- that we keep sinking into. No, you have a playmaker. Throw him the ball. I don't yeah. care. Bring and last week we
0: saw him. what he could do.
1: Yes, exactly. Yep. Just put it up there and he finally has this momentum. And the ge- I know we're, we're going to talk to Adam Gase in three hours. I know what we're going to hear. We are we going to hear? Well, you know, we had to make the protection better, so we were keeping him in line. You got two tight ends. You actually have three. Uh, you have two tight ends. Put Griffin there. Put Use Griffin the block and put Herndon, your unicorn. Go run him and do stuff with him. Like, it's just, it, I'm I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm over it. Because none of it makes sense anymore. From the play, I'm calling the plays, but I'm not play calling, to this, the Sam Darnold finally gets his weapon backs and he looks worse than the practice squad, practice squad receiver that started for the Broncos. And it's just, I'm done. I'm done. I'm over. It. I'm over. It. It's done. And the Dolphins aren't that good. I'm sorry. They're not. The team's fine. The defense is solid. They're not the goddamn 85 Bears. And I'm sick of this freaking excuse. And then Gase, after the game, dropping some comment to about, oh, we're close. We're right around the corner. You just lost 20-3. to three. Like, you weren't close. You want to know what that team did after they got that field goal on the first drive? I'm looking at it. Punt, punt, punt. Missed field goal. Interception. Punt, punt. Turn it off. Downs. Punt. Interception. They got the ball twice inside the 40-yard line. They came away with zero points. Like, yeah. They're close. Wait, what are you close to? Like scoring a touchdown again? That's the measuring stick we're getting back to? Like it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. All right, lots to get to uh, with Adam GaSe. Obviously, um, we'll talk about all the different things. But the, the first thing is that he's still the head coach. And Connor, you mentioned he's speaking to the media at two o'clock, so he still will be. In, and there was like some. It seemed like there was some noise and some momentum towards maybe now is when he gets fired. I think we're at the point now where we can assume that Adam GaSe will be the head coach through sixteen games of the season. Why fire him now if you haven't already? Um, but we got to start with the post game. Zoom call with Adam Gase and play calling gate, which Connor, you became a part of as well. But Marissa, you have the clip. Let's roll it and listen to Adam Gase talking about the fact that nothing was different. He's still not calling the plays, kind of. I didn't take over. We did this. We've done the same thing
1: in the last four games. We, we were watching Dowell through the whole game. He wasn't doing anything. I mean, he was just standing there. He, he tells me it's not hard. This is not hard. We go through it, the drive before. Hey, these are the three plays. I do the third downs. So what happens after the three plays when you have a series? Because we were watching one where Dow was talking to Frank Pollock. He wasn't calling the play as you were. What part of the game was it? I want to say that was the third quarter. Yeah, when we got down, then I, I was trying to do some of the two-minute stuff. <laughs>
0: You know what makes me laugh about that clip? The more I hear it, is he says he gives me the play, the three plays, and then we go from there. And, and Connor, your follow-up is perfect because what after what happens after the three plays? Well, to be honest, on Sunday they do not really have to worry about It'll that. Get past it. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: that is just like so. Uh, Chris Mortensen had the report right after the uh, like right before the Jet game right. about from ESPN. Chris is one of the best in the business. Obviously, he's been around forever. He's, he's one one of the highest reputation around. And uh, one of the he he had that report where it was like, you know, Sam isn't the only one who's back. Adam Gase is back calling plays based on a bunch of player sources. And so I retweeted it because like there are people you trust, like when certain people report certain things, you trust it. And like I reported and then there were some rumblings like within the Jets where was like, no, that's not totally true. It's going to be the same as as it's been. It's been the same as it's been. So I was like, all right, well. I mean if you want me to refute it like you got to tell me straight up like I'm not just gonna go like my gut I was like I'm gonna wait to see but you know I, I'll refute it if you want me to refute it but that's not something I would be refuting so I got my uh, binoculars out my handy dandy binoculars and I'm sitting there actually me and Rich Cimini sit next to each other in the process because what and else Andy are you gonna Vasquez watch
0: during right this game right I mean it- <laughs> it's certainly not the goddamn
1: game it tell you that much so I'm sitting there and, and the first series comes up and I put my binoculars on, and I'm staring at the sideline, and I know where Adam Gase is, and I know where Dowell is. Gase has the headset on, he's got the master play sheet, and he's he's doing one of these where he's reading the play, looking up, reading the play, looking up, then his head straight down, just reading the play, reading the play. Play sheet back, watching the play. Goes back up, reading the play, reading the play. Dowell has, I'm not kidding you, something about the size of this. <laughs> This is what Dow is. Holding. Okay, for the audio listeners, and it's like a <laughs> Connor for skinny, yeah, skinny notepad. Like I'm talking it's like a brochure. Right. It honestly looks like a brochure. And he's holding the brochure like this. Is, with his, his arms crossed. <laughs> with with his arms crossed <laughs> and his speaking microphone above his head. And he's like this. <laughs> At one point, because I'm like, okay, well, maybe, like, this is the first series of the game, right? Like, the first, so the Jets script their first 14 plays. I was like, all right, maybe they, you know, Adam has the 14 plays written down, so maybe it is. Dow calls the plays, blah, blah, blah. Third quarter, I'm like, I'm going to watch this again, because you don't script the first 14 plays of the second half. Adam, his big master, diner-sized play sheet, (laughs) reading the plays, sending them into Sam. Dow, like this, talking to Frank Pollock, the Jets' offensive (laughs) line coach, on the sideline, not even watching the play. Dowell's not even watching the play. He's talking to Frank Pollack. He's not watching what's happening. He's not calling the next one. So I'm like, this is this is egregious. Like this is this is ridiculous. Like this is not. He's not calling plays. Like it's obvious. Like it's clear. Like, because when when Dowell was first given the play calling in the Bills game, and that was a big headline, the, the cameras have Dow on the sideline. They see Dowell on the sideline, and Dow has the headset. He's got the master sheet, and he's the one communicating directly with Sam. He's the one calling all of the plays. He's doing everything. And Adam had the brochure and was just kind of standing. And honestly, what I was kind of hoping for when the Jets said that, like if you want to build and growth and whatever within Gase in this scheme, that was in Gase gave up the offensive play calling you would now see him on the sideline, like, okay, now he's involved with the offensive lineman, right? Like he's over, he's talking to the tight ends. He's with the receivers. Now he's over in Sam's ear. He's going to Greg Williams, giving him some things that he's seeing from the offense on the other side saying like, okay, here, I can tell what I'm an offensive (laughs) genius. This is what this offense is doing. This is how maybe like, if you want to look out for it, like he's going all around, like you'd see Joe judge, or you'd see Doug Peterson, or you would see any of these other head coaches instead, Adam, was basically Dow just standing on the sideline with his hand crossed, apparently, you know, walking around kicking, like literally at one point he was kicking the field turf. Like that's what he was doing. He wasn't involved at all, but Dow was calling all the plays. This Dow was never speaking. So the, after the game comes and Rich was the one who brought up, he's like, so why, why did you take, I didn't take the play calling back. He's like, we're, we're watching Dow literally do nothing. Now we're going to talk to Adam again here at two o'clock and he's going to be pressed on this. Like, he's gonna be pressed on this and he's gonna be talked about it and, and we're gonna ask him all about this damn play calling Gate and all of whatever this garbage is. Like, we're gonna we're gonna go into into detail on this. My only thing that I can think of, because Gase is a lot of things. He's a lot of things, he can rub fans the wrong way, but I have gotten to know him pretty well over the last two years. Like, I, I I like to think that I know him pretty well. He's he's not a liar. Like, he's not somebody who's going to lie to your face. Like, that's not. That's not him. Like he'll he'll be one of those guys where he will honestly say like when we get into injuries, he'll straight up say sometimes he'll be like I can't I can't want to talk about that I don't want to say it. like he'll go that far. I think what honestly is happening on the Jets sideline, which just literally makes things so much more complicated than they have to be, and it's just a guy who, in Adam Gase, who's called plays his entire life, not wanting to give up his baby because that's what he does. You know he's not the motivator. He's not the players' coach. He's the guy who's going to be your head coach that out schemes the coach next to you. That's what he, he's going to out he believes that he's going to outscheme the defense and his system and his scheme is going to be better and out and outsmart you is what he thinks he's going to do. That's the kind of coach he is. So when you take away his baby, it's like wow. Like, like wow, you like it's it's tough for him. But anyway, so uh, I think is happening is that the Jets are on the sideline. Dow's sitting there, Adam's sitting there. Dow says, "I think we should run these three plays to start the drive." Gase will take those three plays and write them down. Dal has now called those three plays, and then Gase will either call them or change them as he's relaying it to Sam Darnold. But what if you get so a first like, down, which is well, doubtful. You don't. <laughs> you, you don't, but you, the Jets had 10 of them yes. yesterday, so they averaged a little over two a quarter, and I think three of them came on the first drive, so they don't is the real answer. Um, but I think mm-hmm. that that is what... They, I think, I think that's what he was trying to say.
0: So in other words, whatever they're sharing, whatever I mean, why isn't the answer just, you know what? We share the play calling end of story. That's right. Isn't that answer, an easy answer? Honestly. Like sometimes dials in yes. there. Sometimes I want to get my two minute stuff in and, and we kind of go back and forth and, and we share it. And that's, that's all I'm saying about that. It's not that hard. That's like the media is hard. Dealing I mean, with the media. The Jets
1: are turning Tim. Tim's about to. It's ramp. hard to the deal Jets
0: with. I'm just Tim. saying, like, the New York media is what it is. It's they're gonna ask you tough questions, but they're not questions that you see coming out of left field, right? Generally, the New York media is going to ask you hard questions that you know are coming and that you can come up with a very succinct answer to. And it may not be the answer that everybody's looking for, but it can be a shutdown answer Mm -hmm. that stops the conversation. And instead of stopping this conversation, Gase goes on these weird (laughs) diatribes where he just it's like pouring gasoline on the fire. He just makes it worse. Like, dude, we share the play calling. Sometimes he has it. Sometimes I have it. Stop watching us with your binoculars. It's over. Like, that's it. I I
1: don't know. Totally. You're not wrong. (laughs) You're not wrong. And like, I, you kind of, we touched upon it too. Like I thought that that whole dilemma between the jets, like here, cause here's the thing with and It's very similar to Sam Darnold. He's gotten the benefit of the doubt from, from ownership, from management, from Joe Douglas, from Jaime, from Christopher. Like they've all kind of been willing to accept his struggles as jets offensive coach last year. And this year they chalked it up last year, right? Because Sam Darnold missed a month with Mono. They tried like, so they were like, all right, Sam was out a full month with Mono in, in the first five games. That's why we went or first few months of the seasons why we went one and seven, but then he rallied for the six and two finish. Granted it was against bad competition. Still, you saw giants Bengals yesterday, a two point game. I mean, they, like teams play tight. Like it's the NFL, unless you're the jets. Mm-hmm. Uh, you play, like you won six and two. So they were like, all right. We're going to give them this turn. Now, suddenly you have Sam Darnold in the lineup, but you got Sam Darnold without his top three receivers. Then the top three receivers come back, but then Sam Darnold's out. Then Sam Darnold gets back in, but then two of the receivers drop down. Then the two receivers come in, but then Sam's out again. The offense, what Adam kept saying publicly, like he said it in these press conferences, was like, we need to get all our weapons back. We can't stretch the field because we don't have Brashad Perryman. We can't do this because we don't have Crowder. It's tough when you don't have Denzel Mims, a guy that we were counting on to be our starting receiver. This game against the Dolphins was the swan song of everyone is now here you have sam darnold back you have as i said the offensive line relatively together you have all three receivers you have chris herndon the excuses like they were built in for sam Darnold, and why he wasn't having success they were the same uh, excuses that were built in for why adam Gase wasn't having success so now this was and i think it's one of the reasons why adam took back play calling without taking back play calling was I think to show management and show ownership? This is what I can do when I have all of my pieces. Sam, my receivers, the offensive line, and we're playing a Dolphins, a divisional foe we know well. This I ca- I can do this. Like this is his opportunity, okay. and the Jets came out in his opportunity and scored three points, picked up 10 first downs, were under 300 yards. All these things that we've already stressed, like all these things that we've said. Where like I, I mean, again, I, I've gone over it before. But the Jets' possessions, since they went down the field, right? First play or first series, nine plays, 55 yards to get a field goal drive all the way down to the Miami 20 yard line. Like they were looking really good. They had a chance to score all that stuff. After that, their yards gained, the yards netted. This is their total net yards, like when you remove sacks and stuff like that 14, 25, 4, 82, 30, 19, 1, 8, 0, 2. Those punts ended in punt, 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 missed field goal, interception, punt, punt, turnover on downs, punt, Mm -hmm. interception. That's what Adam Gase's offense. Braden Mann looked really good. The re- <laughs> yeah, he did. He did <laughs> actually. But you ask like, why haven't the Jets fired Adam Gase yet? Their reasons were, and it's what we've gone over. They don't like the alternatives on the on the play calling. With the you know, they don't like well, who they turn the offense over. They don't think that you would that they would get any better with Dow Loggins or Jim Bob Cooter calling the plays compared to Adam Gase. They don't trust Greg Williams to take over as the head coach because they don't know if everyone in the organization really takes him seriously. They don't want to create this belief that the Johnsons are willing to pull the trigger or too early and, and basically call quits on a guy when uh, he doesn't have the success or the talent to actually have success. Like all of these reasons that were set out and why they haven't fired Adam Gase. And then the other thing was he's not having success because we're missing all of our playmakers. This game the excuses ran out. There is no longer anything that you can take your hat on and hang it on the wall and say, I'm keeping Adam Gase here because of this. It's done. It's not Sam Darnold. He is regressing. He was regressing without his weapons. He's regressing with his weapons. It's not the play calling because if Dow called the plays against the Bills and Dallas called the plays against the Chargers and Dow called more of the plays against the Patriots, they were significantly more successful than Adam Gase clearly being heavily involved in the play calling, more so in the past, where this offense manages under 300 yards and scores three points, right? You can't chalk off that. The whole quick trigger finger, it's over now. The Jets have given Adam Gase every opportunity to show that he is what they wanted him to be when they hired him last year. They gave him the coming back last year after the 1-7 and start. They stuck with him with the fan base and players and all of this stuff turned on him. They stuck with him when this year at 0 and 5, at 0 and 8, at 0 and 10, they stuck with him and they kept him because they were like, you know what, you still don't have everything here. We're gonna we're gonna give you another opportunity. They don't have a quick trigger finger. Everyone's wondering why the Jets haven't fired him yet. Like that's what they've stuck him with. Now, what's left? It's four it's five games. It's not getting any better. I guess you have the West Coast trip where maybe, but still give Denard Wilson a shot to be a head coach. He's somebody that a lot of people believe has up and coming potential. Kind of similar when Todd Bowles took over as the interim head coach with the Dolphins. Give Denard a shot. Get rid of Dowell. Get rid of Adam. Get rid of Greg Williams. Let uh, uh, Denard Wilson only be the head coach, but get kind of like the pseudo defensive coordinator. Have Jim Bob Cooter call the plays. It cannot get any worse than what it is now. It's only getting worse. And in my mind, honestly... If the Jets do decide to keep Adam Gase, which obviously it looks like they're doing this week, he I, we're we're talking to him in an hour and a half, and it's not going to be or two hours. Basically, it's not they're not going to fire him now before we talk to him at two o'clock, or fire him right after we talk to him at two o'clock. I mean, that would just be ridiculous. Yeah, I shouldn't say that because I also <laughs> thought it was ridiculous to fire a general manager like two weeks after. It's twenty twenty. I mean, come on. That. Like he would speak, yeah, you know, and no, no. then they might fire him after. So who knows? They call it Chris. Chris, for like, kind of pings into the Zoom, like, "Hey Adam, after you're done there, ten minutes." No, but I, I I honestly like, if you're keeping them now, it's just because you're like, just don't f up the tank, right? Just don't, just don't screw up the tank. Trevor Lawrence is there. We're five games away. We're not going to beat the Raiders. We're certainly not beating the Seahawks. We're not beating the Rams. We're probably not beating the Browns. We might beat the Patriots, but at that point, the Jaguars do have a game against the absolutely atrocious Chicago Bears, and the Jaguars should beat the Bears, and by that point, we'll, we'll be fine. And worst case scenario, we're finishing with a number two pick, because in order for us to not finish with the number two pick, we'd have to go three and two down the stretch. That is no shot in happening, so at least they're getting number one or number two. Just don't don't rock the boat. It's going bad. If Adam wants to call his plays, let him call his plays. If this wants to be that you're calling plays, I'm calling plays, you're calling plays. No, he's actually calling the plays. I'm just calling the plays in. Whatever. Just don't rock the boat. Don't get a win. Just close this one out. And let's hit the reset button. Let's get rid of Gase. Let's get rid of Darnold. We'll flip him for, I thought two and a five was possible, three and five. If Sam keeps playing like he did on Sunday, the Jets would be lucky to get a four. Seriously. They would be lucky to get a fourth round pick for a guy. If he keeps playing like he did here, because Sam looks like shit, he looks terrible. And if you're not getting a second and five for that, you're not that I don't care what grade people had in him coming out of USC. I don't care what people thought of him. I don't care how much people think the jets effed him over. It don't matter. You ain't getting a second and five for that. There is no, no one in their right mind. Is giving up a second and fifth round pick for that when you gotta pay him in a year. Like, no, not happening. That's not worth the gamble. Like maybe a four right now if he keeps playing like this. That was awful. But just don't rock the boat. And next year, Joe will have his 95 million in salary cap space. He'll go out and get Matt Judon from the Ravens. He'll get Allen Robinson from the Bears. He'll get Joe Tooney from the Patriots. He'll use the first pick in the draft to take Trevor Lawrence or the second pick to Justin Fields. He'll grab a corner with his second first-round pick. He'll go into the second round to take either the best pass rusher or offensive lineman available, and then he'll go BPA the rest of the way and really start to round out this thing. Because the one, the one thing about this Jets team that you can hang your hat on, the one thing that you can honestly believe in, aside from Quinn and Williams, who we'll get to, it's Joe Douglas. Because you look at his draft this year, and a lot of it looks really, really good. You look at the reputation he comes with, he's meeting it thus far. He'll do it. He'll get this team back on track. Just don't screw up the tank right now. And and your, get yourself the generational passer and the real thing to build this team
0: around. All right. I do want to get to the defense. One other thing I don't think we need to harp on from Gase that just drove me nuts on Sunday was, and this is no surprise, fourth down on the Dolphin side of the field and punting, <laughs> which he did. And then he finally goes for it on fourth and one, which was a no-brainer there. And he runs it up the middle with an offensive line that, and we'll get to this too, was shorthanded. It was the, just nothing makes sense. But onto the defense. Um,
1: right at the middle on Frank Gore, right? I <laughs> you called did, that. I as, know. as soon as I saw they were coming out for fourth and one, I was like, Frank Gore up the middle. Yeah. Frank Gore. Right <laughs> there up it the was. Middle.
0: Oh. Uh, as for the defense, there was anything to be optimistic about. There were parts of this game when this defense... Was really good when this team was down 13 to 3 in that third quarter. The defense continually gave them chances to get back into it, gave them a short field, got turnovers, was really good. Um, and they obviously didn't do anything with it, but it all started with Quinn and Williams, who Connor in year two, it seems like he's getting better and better with each passing week. You look at the numbers one and a half sacks, two pass defenses, forced fumble, three QB hits, and it was a situation where I just kept you just kept seeing him right. We talked about Quentin Williams as rookie year sometimes being invisible on Sunday. Every time this team was on defense, you saw Quentin Williams. You just kept seeing him in the backfield, doing things, making plays, and it's just one more guy you can kind of be excited about going forward, even though this team's 0-11.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like that's, that's the, that's the, every time I Joe Douglas, yada, yada, Denzel Mims. No, I mean like Denzel Mims, I think can be a good player. Like, I think he'll be good. I don't think Denzel is like uh pro bowl. I don't think Denzel is all pro. Like, I think he's going to be the perfect compliment. You know what I mean? Like he, when the jets get their number one wide out in here, Denzel is going to be the guy where like, you have to focus so much attention on this player, how, but how can you only give one-on-one? Cause he's going to stretch the field and beat guys and make contested catches. Like he's going to be good. Becton, obviously, all pro, but, I mean, he's a left tackle, so he's not – you need that franchise left tackle. He's going to be – I mean, he is – Becton's going to be an all pro, but he's going to be top five in the NFL. Like, he's going to be that good. But still, like, you don't really – like, he's an offensive lineman. It's not the sexy position. You know what I mean? It's not going to generate all of the, like, the love and stuff like that. You're not going to see him week and week. And, honestly, the more you don't know about – the more you don't realize Becton's out there, that's when you know he's better playing. Quinnen is the guy that is really – coming into his own I mean he quietly has five sacks this season like that's a lot for a 34 defensive end I mean you can't look at like JJ Watt numbers and Aaron Donald numbers because those guys are just on another stratosphere like those are different players you have to look at like normal 34 defensive ends comparing to like Chris Jones with the Chiefs you know Leonard Williams with the Giants like you got to compare to like those kind of guys Quinnen I think what's impressed me most is that he's getting the same quarterback hits that we always talked about with Leonard Williams, right? Like when Leonard Williams was here, we were always, well, he's pressuring the quarterback. Well, he's getting quarterback hits. He just doesn't get sacks, but he's disrupting the passer. Quentin Williams finished Sunday with three quarterback hits. He also had a sack and a half. He also had six tackles. He also had two pass breakups. He also had a forced fumble. Like this guy is, you can tell, really starting to come into his own. And there was like the San Francisco game where you saw it, the other games, he was kind of slow, not really like too many people, like it wasn't really there. You'd see a flash, you'd see him getting into the backfield, but I was almost like, Man, it's another 34 defensive end. This is why you don't draft 34 defensive ends top five. It's just not worth the payout. These last five or six games, the payout is there. I mean, this guy you're seeing, I I, I don't I don't ever say I, I watched uh it was after the Jet game. So I was watching that 49ers uh uh Rams game when I was uh um writing my my column for after the game. I was watching like that and what Aaron Donald does is I I'm not old enough to to say like I saw Lawrence Taylor play. Like I I didn't get a chance to see him play. Aaron Donald is the most dominant defensive player I've ever seen. More than JJ Watt, more than any Khalil Mack, more than any other pass rusher you want to say. Aaron Donald does things I didn't know were humanly possible. I don't I didn't know one player could wreck a game like that when every single offensive coordinator is going and saying, we need to stop him. And he still gets through plays through triple teams. It's unbelievable what he's doing, but Quinnen, I don't put in that status. Maybe eventually he gets there. He's only 22. You don't, I just don't want to put that over his head. I don't think it's fair, but what you're seeing from Quinnen is wow. What you're seeing from Quinnen is a guy who can disrupt games. What you're seeing from Quinnen is a guy who can wreck games. Like that's what you're getting out of him. That's what, that's what you're really getting out of this guy and when you think about him as a foundational defensive player, you can now build around him. Again, that stat line, you can't mess around with. It. I mean, he had seven tackles, four of them were solo, sack and a half, three quarterback hits, tackle for loss, two pass breakups, force fumble. That's an impressive, yeah. wildly impressive stat line. That's very similar to what Joey Bosa did for the Chargers when everyone was ranting and raving about him. Just no one pays attention to Quentin Williams because he's playing for the winless Jets right now. But you take Quentin Williams as your left defensive end, right defensive end, suddenly you put Matt Jude on next to him, right? Or you draft somebody and you put the guy you draft next to him. You have Foley Fatou Kassi, Kyle Phillips on the other side, then you can rotate Jabari Zuninga in there as well. The Jets have a player that you can now say, okay, there's our game record. There's our enforcer. Now let's build around him. I mean, he really, he's really taken that next step this year. And you want promise, you want optimism, you want things that you can really hang your hat on, like guys that you can say, I really like what this guy's doing. Quinnan is, re- he is really blossoming. He really is. And, and that's a tremendous thing because for a little bit, I thought McHagden might've whiffed on one, but Quinnen is is really starting to come into his own.
0: Why would you have thought McCagnum would have whiffed him? I can't imagine where that those ideas would have come from. Uh, so he was good up front. The secondary, another story, as Ryan Fitzpatrick kind of picked them apart early and late. And Devontae Parker, this is one week after Keenan Allen had 16 for 145 and a touchdown. Devontae Parker, another elite receiver, 8 for 119. And after the game, Mike Kosicki... Uh, Jersey native, said uh, about the J- Jets' D. Devontae today, how many times are you going to play in man coverage? Play cover two or something else? Because Devontae, he's going to run. He's going to get on a guy's hip. The ball's going to be on the back shoulder. He's going to catch it. He's not going to say anything when he celebrates. I mean, And he's right to a point. Are the Jets not – is Greg Williams not doing enough defensively to try to I – don't, I don't know. The, the players aren't there, so you can only do so much. But just, you know – is there hope for the secondary? Because there's two, there's really young players out there that I think we've seen take little steps, but the last two weeks against really good receivers and not a great quarterback on Sunday, really the the, the secondary looks bad.
1: No, I, there's there's only, you, you hit it there, where you, there's only so much you can do with the players. Like he's starting Lamar Jackson, undrafted free agent, and Bryce Hall, a fifth round pick who's playing his first, he's playing his third, this is his second or third game, since injuring his ankle at UVA. Like, he had no training camp, no OTAs, nothing. So there's only so much he can do. So zone coverage isn't like just, oh, I'm just going to run zone. Like, it's not like that. Like, it's easier for a defensive back to run man. It's very simple in terms of, like, you're covering the guy in front of you. Don't let him catch the ball. Like, that's that's man coverage. With zone, you're going to have to worry about passing guys off. You have this depth. You have this level. You have all of these different things. It makes it, it, makes it more challenging for a, a corner to do that. So what Greg is trying to do, to try to survive is simplify the defense for his defenders. He's trying to make it as easy as possible so they're not overthinking and they can just go out and play and let their athleticism and athletic ability shine. And honestly, it wasn't a terrible approach. It wasn't a terrible approach against the Chargers because they looked a lot better the second half against the Chargers than they did the first. Yeah, I mean, Parker had a good game, eight for one nineteen, but the Dolphins scored 20 points. Ryan Fitzpatrick right. was 24-39, which is just a tick under 62% for 257 yards with the two touches either threw to Gazicki, uh, but that was it. I mean, it was – or a touchdown to Gazicki. I'm sorry, and who was the other guy who caught it? Shaheem? Yeah, Shaheem caught one. Other than that, I mean, the Dolphins' offense, they scored they scored 20 points. They weren't world beaters. They they completed 80, uh, 50% of their third downs, which I guess is okay. Total yards, 345. I mean, but they gained 345 on, on almost 70 plays. The rushing yards kind of spiraled towards the end, but I, at no point, yeah, Parker was having his way with Bryce Hall, but at no point in that game, was it like, Oh, they're tearing apart the." Oh my God. The Jets defense can't stop a nose and, and we've said that before this season, it wasn't, it wasn't like that. And it was probably because the sacks were there. Quinn and Williams had one and a half Neville Hewitt had one. Jordan Jenkins was in there for one fully Fatukasi had one. The Jets forced the two fumbles to flip possession. They gave their offense a chance. It, it's, it's, you're always going to have players right now that are going to put up really impressive stat line against the Jets because they just don't have the talent in the secondary to compete without bless Austin. Lamar Jackson's an undrafted free agent. Like he probably should be on practice squad player right now. He shouldn't be on the Jets roster. Bless Austin should be a guy who's rotating in. He shouldn't be starting going up against an offense's number one corner. Like you want to, you want to say like hall is hall is like a solid player. So you're talking about hall. You want to say like hall is a decent player, a good player, someone you believe in fine. You put him against an offense is number two, number three, let him learn. He's going up against the X of every receiver every week. Now that's not what you want. So the, yeah, should the jets have run zone? Yeah. Would that have helped? Probably. Yeah. But they they need to play to the strengths of their players and their players right now are guys that just simply feel more confident playing man. And Greg's just trying to, he's trying to survive right now. He's trying to put out a defense that just it's the bend, but don't break. And when you see just 20 points on a scoreboard where your offense your, your offense was on the field for 27 minutes, picked up 10 first downs and had 260 yards of offense and scored three points. Like only letting up 20 when your defense is constantly back on the field, that's a feather in your cap. And it's the bend, but don't break, but it worked.
0: All right, Marissa, we have questions. Yeah, so um, you kind of touched on the offensive line earlier. Connor Rich uh, says, "What can you tell us about the quote team decision not to play Alex Lewis yesterday?"
1: And I'm on a related note, will we ever see Cameron Clark? Uh, So I'll tell uh, the Lewis thing was first. We're still I'm still working on getting those details as far as specifically like Alex has kind of been a little like it's fine, nothing big, nothing to see here. I think I'll be back in the starting lineup next week the fact that jets like have all these issues, Sam Darnold is back after his shoulder injury. They're worried about what it would be like if Sam Darnold gets hurt and you bench your guard, like you're you're one legitimate competent guard. Cause you're always worried about Greg Van Roten. Like that seemed a little concerning, especially because yeah. Alex has always been like Mr. Team player. Like he's been the one who came to Gase's defense when Gase was receiving all this random off season criticism. He was the one that came there. He's the team leader. He's the one who's always held himself so accountable So to see him bench for disciplinary reasons was very odd, Um, but we're still digging up those. But I would expect – I think he'll be back next week. I think that you'll see Alex Lewis back next week. Regarding Cameron Clark, and this is one where I've reached out to people over there with the Jets to kind of figure out what's going on there and why he hasn't gotten some playing time. He's somebody who's just – was very hurt by no offseason. He's somebody that the Jets took as a guy. They like his traits, but he came from Charlotte. Not a big – like not a big football school, obviously. He's going to need time to develop had no organized team activities, had no mini camp, was injured, so he missed a large chunk of training camp, missed a large chunk of the regular season. He just wasn't ready. Like, he looked like a fish out of water before he got hurt in training camp. Like, it was bad. It was really, really bad. That's why he wasn't getting first-team reps. The Jets were worried about him. They didn't like what they saw. He just needs time to get there. And I think this might be a redshirt year for him, just because he he's literally – like, I can't stress it enough. Like, I know people are like, oh, let him learn on the fly. Oh, let him get out there. Oh, let him see his reps. The guy just isn't ready yet. He's just not ready to play. So this might be one of those things where he's redshirted this year. Next year gets the full off season and in training camp he's competing with Alex Lewis for that starting left guard spot. You know that's what you're going to see. So it's just one of those where he wasn't ready. He is getting better. He is improving. He's much better today than he was yesterday. He's much better this week than he was back in camp. But he's still coming along. Coming along a little slow. And and the fact he was active was probably a good sign and a step in the right direction. But he's probably still a little, little away from starting. And and I think as long as Sam Darnold's out there and Greg Van Roten's out there, I don't think you'll see, you'll see Cameron Clark. I just don't think the jets are going to be willing to, to make him susceptible. Sam's susceptible to that kind of a beat down and worry about just another issue on the offensive line.
0: Anything else, Marissa, or have we run out of uh, questions that we haven't covered?
1: <laughs> Connor's pretty much covered everything um, nice. in his rant. Um,
0: the Jaguars did fire their GM yesterday. Um, they're they're uh, hoping that uh, the Jets maybe pull one out. Uh. Oh, yeah, I meant to. I actually meant to check in on the draft check-in quick before we say goodbye, and that is that the Jags were oh so close to winning, and I feel like. If the Jags would just win a game, it would be so good for Jets fans. I just feel like the stress level would go down, that they could they could go into these games watching the game and thinking, hey, if we pull this one out, it's fine. We're still going to get Trevor Lawrence. But the Jags just keep losing Doug Marone. games. Doug Marone was like trying to lose that game. So. <laughs> and, then and then Trevor Lawrence on Saturday. You know. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence on Saturday back on the field for the first time in a month. Right, he missed two games because of COVID. They had a, they had an off week and then they had a game canceled. So we haven't seen Trevor Lawrence forever. No rust. He threw for 300 yards in the first half of that game as they just blasted Pitt. Obviously, it's the ACC. Pitt's not a very good team, but but uh, another great showing from Trevor. Um, there is still time on the podcast side to get the athletic for just one dollar per month it's our best deal of the year go to theathletic.com slash the can't wait podcast one year of the athletic for just twelve dollars it's one dollar a month you can cancel anytime. Uh, on twitter connor's at connor underscore j underscore hughes i'm at tim m mcmaster and marissa's at marissa underscore morris we'll talk to you again later this week